Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Proverbs 9 and 10, if you will please, very quickly. Amplify classic, version of choice. One, two, three, go. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief choice part of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. Praise the Lord. For an assignment, the fear of the Lord ultimate key to intimacy with God. The fear of the Lord, ultimate key to intimacy with God. Our Father, we thank you for the honor to gather again on this open heavens and beseech you. Once again, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven to anoint my lips and my tongues of clay. Help me to bring your word expressly with all clarity and precision. Help me, Father, to speak your very counsel, moving every man, boy, or girl in this place and those across the nations online from where we are to the place called destiny. We'll vow to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Please be seated in heavenly places and God bless you. Thank you. The fear of the Lord, ultimate key to intimacy with God. Beloved, there is clearly an evident clarion call of God to this house in particular, but I believe to the body of Christ in the day and age we live in, to intimacy, a pull, a calling, a steering for the church, the bride of Jesus, to begin to draw near to the Father God, to Jesus, and to the Holy Ghost at new levels of intimacy. I've said severally, in different ways, that the people that will matter in the day and age we live in today are those who are going to pay the price to walk intimately with Jesus. It's one thing to know God and another, another thing completely to know or to know of him. Let me say it again. It's one thing to know about God. It's another to know God. I believe that you know about many people, many so-called uh, superstars in the world, many presidents and governors in diverse countries. You know about them. Their fame precedes them. But the truth is, you may know about them, but you don't necessarily know them. In a like manner also, there be people who know about God. But there be few who really do know God personally and intimately. This brings to mind our anchor text for this year as given to us at crossover service, Daniel 1132b. It says, they that do know the Lord their God shall be number one, strong. Number two, they will do exploits. So, knowing God leads to strength. And having strength leads to exploits. It's a chain reaction. You can't really enjoy being a man or a woman of exploits until you're strong. It takes strength to accomplish exploits. Bible declares that, 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 that if you faint in the day of adversity, it is proof that your strength is small. So those who faint in adversity have only proven, not that the devil is strong, but their own strength is small. So it takes strength, not just physical strength, but spiritual strength to accomplish exploits for God. And the only way to be strong is to know God, to be close at heart with God or with Jesus. Now, I believe we began with this thought in mind in the year. 
And the Lord began to stir in my heart some weeks ago, days ago, that this would be our focus in the month of October. But I also believe October is not just the 10th month of the year. October is the beginning of the last quarter of the year, Q4. So really, we're at the beginning of the end of the year 2022. And I'd like to believe that God will have us close this year with a renewed sense of intimacy with him. Praise God. Because that in itself will be a foundation for what I believe will be greater things in the year 2023 by the mercy, by the grace of Almighty God. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Now, all through the scriptures, if you study scriptures, and all through human history, the Bible documents stories of men and women who walked in intimacy with God. As a result of their walking in intimacy with God, they also were men and women of great exploits. Such men stood out from the crowd. Ah, yeah. Such men stood out from their peers. And really, if you and I are going to stand out from our crowd, from our peers, it's not to have more degrees or degrees like a thermometer or have more money or more accolade or more fame, popularity. Listen carefully. What you need to stand out in this life uh, is to know more of God. The Bible declares in 1 John 5, 19 that the entire world is covered with darkness. The entire world is laced, is enamored with darkness. And those who are going to stand out in the thickness of this darkness are those who are carrying the light of God, who know God and are walking with God. Bible talks about these days and describes these days in 2 Timothy 3 that these shall be perilous days, days of evil. Days when men shall be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They will love pleasure. They will be disobedient, they'll be unthankful, they'll be wicked, they'll be criminal, they'll be evil. These are the description of the last days. But you see, in the middle of the thick darkness of the day and age, the Bible declares, in Isaiah 61, Arise and shine, my Kedebaka, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon a people who are going to enjoy the light of God. So, to perform impact, to accomplish impact, you need to be strong. To be strong, you need to know God. Is that okay? All right. Strength leads to impact and intimacy leads to strength. Hallelujah. Now, these men, I, I will describe shortly, are men who have sought not just the hand of God, but the face of God and the heart of God. When other men were busy, content in the outer court of life, they were interested in peering beyond the veil to encounter the God who resides in the Holy of Holies. When men were content with just having the things of God, these men and women pursued more than the things of God, but the God of things. When men were satisfied with momentary fleeting pleasure that can only satisfy your emotions, your body, your mind, they longed for something of eternal ramification. Like Abraham, Bible declares, these men sought for a city and a kingdom whose builder is God. They sought for more than the things that satisfy ordinary men. These were men who walked with God. And I want to describe some of them so that uh, hopefully my teaching will whet our appetite to really uh, pay the kind of price these men were willing to pay to enjoy intimacy with God. I'll give you four case stories or four case studies. Number one is a man called Enoch. 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 Genesis 5:22. Enoch. I'll read the Amplified Classic. It really buttresses what I want to share. Uh, Genesis 5:22 to 24. AMPC. It says, Aya Ogomolosa. Enoch walked. In her beach world. Hey, or no god No casual. Enoch walked. The word is not W-O-R-K, work. It's walked. You see, I gotta teach now. When you speak of walking, 
you speak of a people who are in tandem or in agreement. All right. Amos 3 3 says, How can two walk together except they be where? In agreement. Oh, but so to walk with me, you should must agree with me. So here now, Enoch, a man created by God, wow, walked not with me, not with you. Enoch walked with God. How did he walk? In habitual fellowship. That word fellowship speaks of the Greek word kodonia. It speaks of intimacy. It speaks of partnership. It speaks of exchange. Enoch walked with God in intimacy, in partnership, and there was exchange. That word kodonia from the Greek is from whence the word coin is gotten from. It's spelled K-O-I-N, but coin is C-O-I-N. So kononia is from whence we get the word coin. In other words, this word speaks of an exchange. Praise God somebody. Habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah, 300 years, and had other sons and daughters. Hear this now, it gets more exciting. So all the days of Enoch were three, six, five years. Hear this now. And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. Hear the result. And he was not. For God took him, hear this, home with him. It will seem to me, oh boy, from the fall of Adam, that Enoch, when he was born, began to make inquiry from his forebears, his grandpops and his father. He said, I read in the Bible, or I read in the scroll, there was a point in time when God, the creator of the heavens and earth, came down to the barnacle man in the garden. The Bible says in Genesis 3, that in the cool of the day, Calabar, Almighty God came down to the garden to fellowship with the man he created. But, but the fall of man short-circuited the, the access that, that man had to God. Man lost, not just salvation as it were, man lost the glory of God, man lost the presence of God, man lost access to the presence of the living God. Hallelujah. But there was a man in that day and age who inquired, if man walked with God then, what can I do? How can I access the same God? And somehow or the other, perhaps, he learned the ancient secrets of drawing the attention of God. And the Bible says he walked in habitual fellowship with God to the point that God took him and took him home with him. Hey, it seems to me that there are a people uh, who God loves to hang around with. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You see, you see, God is the God of everybody. God is the father of his children. But listen, God is not the friend of everybody. Let me say it again. God is the God of everybody. He's the father of his children. But listen, God is only in friendship with some people. Are you here? Are you here? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. The friends of God are the ones that have privy or access to the secrets of God. <laughs> Psalm 2, 5, 14 says, oh boy, that the Lord reveals his secrets to them that fear him. So you begin to see that the reverential fear of God is one of the keys to friendship and keys to intimacy with God. So this the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, <laughs> who revere and worship Him and the will and He will show them his covenant and reveal to them, guess what? It's deep inner meaning. Enoch walked with God and was no more. Case study number two, Moses. Moses. 
Moses. Moses was a prince in Egypt. A heir apparent to Pharaoh. But God on a certain day drew Moses into the wilderness. In Exodus 3 the Bible says, and Moses was busy about his normal activity. But the Bible says there was a burning bush. Ha. You see, to see a burning bush in those days in the wilderness, not a big deal. But there was something that was different about this burning bush. He said he saw a burning bush that was burning, wasn't consumed. And the Bible says, and he turned aside to see this sight. <laughs> it was more than bush burning. It was, it was literally the appearance of the presence of God on that fateful day. So Moses had an encounter with God in the wilderness. An encounter. An encounter that I believe began to steer an appetite for more encounters. And when Moses received the mandate to be a vessel of deliverance for the children of Israel in the land of bondage. Hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this. Yes. Whilst they were busy looking for hand of God, Moses was busy trying to bring them to the presence of God. An encounter he had did not let him go. He wanted more of his encounter. The burning bush. Burning not consumed. Exodus 33 verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses ha, face to face. What that means literally is that when a man will kiss a man face to face, face to face, face to face, spoke unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend, underscore the word friend, please. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man has departed not out of the tabernacle. Look at verse 16. Hmm. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? This is Moses now. Is it not in that thou goest with us? <laughs> so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Moses was saying, hey, hey, hey. You know, God gave him an offer that you guys... I'm not going with you, your stiff-necked rebellious fellows. You go into Canaan. I won't come with you. Moses, ah, Baba, ah, Master Bell. If you're not going, we're not going. No. I'll rather stay here with you than to go there without you. Ah, yeah. I don't know whether I'm talking to Roger now. Because if you were offered that, the house, the car, the money, the bling bling, the degrees, the pedigree. You, many people would jump for it. But if God said, you go and become the governor without my presence. Okay, I want to be a governor. Let me go. But you see, there's no heaven without his presence. It's his presence that makes heaven heaven. Hello, somebody. So Moses said, if you will not go with us, don't take us from here. How will it be said that where your people set apart unto you? In other words, my presence upon a people with a people is one of my distinguishing marks of my own people hello somebody if you're a child of god you must seek and strive to be a carrier of his presence when you show up you ought to show up with him hello somebody your senior partner your loving father the holy spirit jesus the captain of our salvation Friend, face to face. In Exodus 20, as Moses brought them out of the wilderness or out of Egypt, I beg your pardon, to Mount Sinai. Listen, please listen carefully. To meet and encounter this God. Let me say what I've been saying all along. It bears reputation. God did not bring them out of bondage to go to Canaan. Did you hear me? Oh yeah. No. Canaan was secondary. Three times Moses spoke to Pharaoh in different ways. Let 
my people go, not to go to Canaan, no sir, that they may worship me. Where? Sir, in the wilderness. The same worship is the same what I serve. So, the essence of bringing them out of bondage was not to go to Canaan directly, but to meet him. Oh, oh, Father, give us understanding. If you leave your Egypt and you make it to your Canaan without him, you will build a golden calf. What was designed to be a blessing will turn to be a curse to you. Right, yeah. The Bible talks about the prosperity of fools. Huh? So a fool can prosper. And it says about them, the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. My God, don't go there, get there. Don't be quick to be rich. There are those who have striven to be rich. They've lost their soul in the process. It's beyond wealth. It's having the power to get wealth. What God offered you and me is not riches. It's power. Deuteronomy 8, 18. I give you power to get wealth. Not riches. Power. Power. To get wealth. That by so doing, I will establish my covenant made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Power. If you get the riches without power, it could be destructive. That's what leads to arrogance and pride. All of a sudden, a young man says, do, do, do you know who I am? Hey, small boy, overnight. You look into an old man's eyes like me. Yeah, do you know who I am? Because you have little change. You need power. <laughs> power to get well. Power subdues things. They're, they're in their right perspective of being instruments for use. I've said over and over again. Riches makes very, very wonderful servants, but very terrible masters. Don't let riches be your master. It's designed to serve you. What am I saying? He brought them to encounter him so that with that encounter, listen carefully, they can now go into Canaan and subdue the forces in Canaan. Hiya. Saints, after you leave Egypt, what you need is an encounter. Not money. Not breakthrough. Uh, why? An encounter, genuine, will sustain every blessing God will bring your way. Hear this. Exodus 20. 2020-21. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not. Say with me, fear not. For God is come to prove you and that his fear may be before your faces that you see not. I, I thought Moses said, fear not. But it says that his fear may be before your faces that tell me that now what happens okay so clearly enough we're already dealing with two kinds of fear right or wrong right fear not but it says you fear let's go again Moses and the people fear not for God has come to prove you and that his fear his reverential fear may be before your faces. You don't forget the hurry. That you see not. Let's continue. And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near onto the thick darkness where God was. Don't forget. Don't forget. What was going on here was an introduction. Huh? It's like I bring a friend 
and we go to what? Lagos to introduce you to another friend. He said, Jim, this is, uh, this is Shadi. Meet each other. Yeah? And as I take Jim to meet Shadi, right? Guess what? Shadi sees Jim, and the first reaction of Shadi is, I'm running away. I said, but I brought you to meet my friend. Right? Oh, stay with me, stay with me, stay. The question is, why was Shadi running away? Fear. Fear. But God said, the very reason why I'm bringing you to meet her is so that my fear will come upon you so that you will not sin. Are you still here? We're told there were two responses between Moses and the children of Israel. What's the response? They ran away from God, but Moses did what? Akaba. Haya. He drew near. Why? 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 Now, it becomes clear that God does not want you to be, quote-unquote, afraid of him as you are afraid or could be afraid of a rattlesnake or whatever it is you're typically afraid of. No, 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 no. This kind of fear we're talking about is different from that kind of fear. So what we see here is this. They were afraid. And you see, the first response and reaction of fallen man in the garden of Eden after they fell and God came in the cool of the day. They were afraid and they hid themselves. You see that now? That fear is consequential of somebody who is guilty, somebody who may not be living right, somebody who has stuff is covering. You will be afraid of God. You deserve to be afraid of God. Hello, somebody? If you claim to be a child of God and you're deliberately living not like a believer, you should be afraid of God. You should be. Better be afraid. Yeah. But if you're a child of God and you're striving to walk in intimacy, to know him, to grow, you should not be afraid of him in that regard. But there's something called reverential fear. So Moses drew near, but they drew away. Case 33, David. Acts 13, 22. Acts 13, 22. David was a man after God's own heart. It says, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king. Our God is a God that sets down one and elevates another. We see in Nigeria, our God is setting down one. Another is about to be elevated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God's choice oftentimes don't look like it. David didn't look like it. When God sent someone to the house of Jesse, he brought his wonderful men, Eliab, Shama, and all of them, four of them, they looked like powerful guys. He said, oh, I have not chosen any of these ones. He said, don't have any other sons. He said, ah, one little boy somewhere in the bush. He doesn't have system. Don't have structure. Call him. But he said, we will not sit down until he comes. We will not sit down until the king of Nigeria comes. No structure, no system. Didn't look like it. Despised. 70-year-old boy. But that was God's choice for him. He said, hey! He said, he said God does not choose based on the outward appearance. God checks hearts and he makes his choice. So he sets down one elevator. I says here now, and when he had removed him, Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony. Ah. Do, do, wait, do, do, how do you read your Bible? Just do, 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 do. Listen, slow down now. Can I go Bible? Do you know who is testifying here? Ah. Ah, ah. Can I go Bible? Go, mega. Oh, yeah. It's one thing for my dear Nelly to come and testify. If I testify, I testify. You know, but this case is a, God is standing on Roger's says, Let me testify. Hey! Let me. I want to talk about one of my children. 
Do you know him? His name is David. He said, and God gave a testimony. May we live in a way that will cause God to testify of our life. God testified of Job. I said, do you know one of my own sons? That's a testimony. There's a way to live to get the testimony of God. Hallelujah. He, 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 said, he says, and he gave testimony and said, I have found David. Ah, the son of Jesse. A man after my hand. After my hand. My heart. Which shall fulfill all my will. Hey. Who found David? Matthew 7, 7. Ask, receive, seek, you find, knock. The door shall be open. ASK, is that correct? A, ask, seek, uh, then knock. Uh? So how do you find? Come on, Bible student. You can only find what you're seeking. So if he says, I have found David. That means God was seeking. The Bible declares, I believe, in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the entire earth. Seeking for them whose heart, heart, is a heart God. Whose heart, not hand, whose heart has stayed on him. Hallelujah. So as God sought and found David, in these last days also, God is still searching. May he find David in this company in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a big amen. May God testify of this company. May he testify of this family that these are those who are panting after my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not your degree, not your pedigree, but your heart. Your heart posture towards God. You may not look like you fit the bill. You don't qualify. No degree, no pedigree. But your heart is panting after God. As the psalmist says, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my heart, you're, you're the man for the job. May God declare to you, woman, man, you are the one for the job. Hallelujah. 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 A prophecy has gone out severally over this house. A company of leaders. That the top 10% of people that make, make news in the nation, they will arise from this place. Now you say, oh man, that sounds bogus. You can say what you want. I believe I receive. I believe that kings and queens are on the rise in this house. Like a sample of a dead age with a horn of oil. I believe God has sent me again to look for those who have been called, appointed, and now to be anointed and to be sent into their offices. I believe there are kings and their queens on the rise in this place. If you're one of them, shout yes, 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 yes. I'm not saying you look like it. I'm not saying you qualify before men. No, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. God will choose the weak things <laughs> to confound the strong. He will choose the foolish things to confound the wise. I'm one of them. Foolish. Weak. Doing what I don't qualify to do. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Do GPA for five years. I never believe I could do it for one month. One month, three months. Five years. Do it. Let me see you do it. It's grace. What am I saying? Don't look at yourself. Look up to him from whence comes your help. If you can use a donkey to prophesy, surely you're more than a donkey. What am I saying? Don't disqualify yourself. Men may have disqualified you, but God hasn't disqualified you. David, a man after God's hands, I found. Ah, he will fulfill all my will. Look at Psalm 42, some of the writings of, of, of this sweet psalmist. I referred earlier. As the deer panteth, after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Look at verse 7, 42 7. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spout. 
All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Look at Psalm 63, 1 to 2. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. Ah, yeah, yeah. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and a thirsty land. Where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory. Ah, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. Where you are, can you just lift your voice and say, Lord, take me deeper for one minute. Just, just pray where you are. Lord, take me deeper. Connect your heart to that prayer. Don't pray lightly. Don't pray just from your mind. Lord, take me deeper. We have barely two months and three weeks to go before the year is over. Let's cry, take me deeper. Let it be a heartfelt prayer. Oh, let deep call upon deep and the noise of the water spark. Father, let me not remain shallow. Take me to the deep end where your secrets are. Will you pray? I can't hear you pray. Release your prayer language. Here's some molasses. I didn't say pray in your mind. Pray. Father, take me deeper. Cry out to God for one minute. Help me to launch deeper, deeper in my prayer life, in my Bible study, in my meditation, in my witnessing, in my loving others. Help me, Lord, in my pursuit of your presence, in my walk of love. Take us deeper as a family, Lord, we pray this hour. Help us, Lord, to launch deeper in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The fourth case study is Paul. And the whole essence of this is just to whet our appetite to help us begin to desire the things these men pursued and they got from God. Because what God says to what he says to all, it's not a respect of persons. Paul was a man clearly enough of death at his later years of ministry he was still crying that I may know him look at Philippians 3 8 to 10 oh thank you Lord for helping us Philippians 3 8 to 10 quite a lengthy read but let's read it together Philippians 3 8 to 10 the word of God is, is powerful just read it though it's powerful it needs not to be added to a subtract from Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, poo-poo, feces, that I may win Christ. So the things that were of worth and value in the eyes of men, Paul was a man of letters, a lawyer, well, 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 well schooled, very educated. But he said, in the light of my quest to know Jesus more, all the things I once prided myself in now compared to the light of God is nonsense in comparison. And he says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Hear this, hear this. That. So all of this leads to this. That. All of this. That. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. It's a lot there to chew on. A whole lot. But suffice to say that Paul did not write this when he just began ministry. At the later years of his ministry. And he was saying, hey, I I I've seen him. I've known him. But I don't know him. You see, if you think you know God, you just prove that you don't know him. Because how you know you are beginning to know God 
He said, you know you don't know him. Huh? That makes sense? Yeah. When you begin to know God, you know you don't know him. Because he's so vast. As a preacher says, too deep to get under. Too high to get over. Too wide to get around. So you can never say, I know God. You're only beginning to know him. And in beginning to know that, man, I don't know you. So your quest, your cry, your praise that I may know you. Simple prayer. So simple that I may know you. I whisper it from time to time, Lord, I want to know you. Hallelujah. 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 There may be many things in this world that people consider as treasures. But the greatest treasure, please listen, in this life is to come to know God intimately. Wow. He that knows him intimately has access to all. It's true. It's true. Having said that, to know God intimately is not something that happens automatically or by chance. Please give me 10 more minutes. I want to go a bit deeper. Let me say it again. To know God is not something that happens automatically or by chance. No. It takes, listen carefully, it takes intentionality. It takes a deliberateness to know God. Yes, it does. It does. By that, I simply mean that there is a price tag to be paid for those who sincerely will want to know God intimately. Are you still here? Very quiet. Praise the Lord. Give me three fire baptized. Hallelujah. 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 Let me rewind again. Nobody knows God by chance. No. It takes intentionality. It takes you being deliberate to know him. It takes you being willing to pay the price tag. And the price tag is not, is not, is not far-fetched. It's not, it's not ridiculous. It's a price. It is oftentimes said that salvation is free. Whilst it is true, listen carefully, salvation is not cheap. Christ paid the price for our salvation. Having said that, it seems as I grew a little bit older, I'm beginning to understand that there are things that God makes available to us seemingly freely, seemingly freely, but an obvious price you pay. All right. Yeah. Breathe in. Breathe out. What do you do to do that? Nothing. Open your eyes. Close. What price you pay? Nothing. It's free. Having said that, there are other things that have to do with our inheritance. In him that don't just come for doing nothing. Are you for real? Yes, sir. It's for real. That's maybe why you haven't got some stuff. Nobody just wakes up healed. You, you thought so, but that's why you're not healed. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm rich. I'm powerful. No, 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 no. no. There must be a deliberateness. All right. Uh, should I go there? I should. Assuming your father died and left you an inheritance. Tell me inheritance. A house, in London a house, in Los Angeles, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, inheritance. And the lawyers are in custody of your father's will. Listen, if you don't know 
about the contents of your dad's will, you have an inheritance, but you don't have it. Number two, it's even possible to know his will and still not have access to it. Praise God. So the Bible is daddy's inheritance or will to us. Hello, somebody. Hello. It's a will. It's a will. Genesis to Revelation is a will. So if the Bible is closed, I have limited inheritance, but I'm not walking in them. You can be born again sick. Born again lacking favor. Born again die prematurely. Born again weak. Born again in failure. So, born again brings you to seeing the kingdom. Huh? But to enter, you must be born of what? Water and spirit. The word and the spirit. Oh, come on. Are you here? That's why I say to you, there are certain things daddy has made available. It's not, it's free. Yeah, it's free, it's free. But I'm saying there is a price tag. And the price not that weighs beyond. Praise God. Just to help you out, because you're looking at me very, well, man of God, are you for real? <laughs> it's for real. Somebody once said, nothing just happens. Everything that happens is made to happen. You see, John the divine wept. Why did he weep? He said there was a book in heaven in the hand of God with seven seals. As long as the book of life is sealed, men ought to weep. But after a while, an angel said, weep not. Johnny boy, weep not. Why? There is a lamb that is slain. He's worthy to take the book. Not just that, but to lose the seals. That's why he says to pray thus, Psalm 118, when you read the Bible, open the eyes of my understanding. Why? That I may behold what? Wonders. Until you see wonders, you don't walk in wonders. I'm challenging you to love your Bible. It contains your father's will and your father's inheritance. So you can live all your years here and miss so much, so much he made available. Praise God, somebody. So what are some of these prices? And like I said, it's not untoward, not weird. Just a few of them. I will we'll close. <laughs> ah. Price tag for intimacy. Price tag to walk in the power of God. Number one, if you and I are going to walk in intimacy, number one price is the price of hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. I said to you some days ago, two things requisite to walk in this dimension of power, grace, glory, is hunger and anger. Anger about your status quo. If you're not tired of where you are, you don't go for it. Ayah. The reason why people are where they are, they're not tired yet. <laughs> Do you know sometimes God allows circumstances to be orchestrated to make you angry? You didn't hear me. Because if he left you the way you're going, you go slow, 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 slow. No adventure. Nothing colorful about your life. Life as a believer is designed to be adventurous. You must have a story to tell. Abba. Once I was hungry, he showed up. I was sick, he rose me up. Abba. What story do you have to tell? I was born again and I went to, to like a sneeze, 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 then I now died. So what about your life? I don't know. I know. You must know. Your life is designed to be colorful. Make it impact. Leave it a footprint on the side of times that here walked a man who walked with God. Abba. Not everybody Christian. No, sir. Hunger. And you see, unfortunately, 
there are those who are believers but don't have hunger for God. Hunger. Matthew 5 verse 6. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So the condition to be filled is hunger and thirst. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know those who play football in Nigeria? You know those who play football here? They play under very difficult circumstances. Sun, rain, they play. They play ball. Play ball. They just... You know why? They are hungry to enter a league. But there are those who are playing in Western countries. There's light, there's water, there's food, there's social welfare. So the way they play the thing is not... It's just, it's just, they just play the thing, you know, you know. But there's a guy from the village who knows this bolo is my career. If it takes me being out there 10 hours daily just practicing, I will do it. You know, why? Hunger. Hunger. So when these people leave Nigeria and they join global leagues under very harsh conditions, they stand out. Why? They learned under difficult con Why? Hunger. I don't want to help you with that. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is this. Bottom line. Some level of comfort kills hunger. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So God wants to, you to come to a place where you, you really want him. You want him more than anything else. Hunger. Number two prize is a prayer prize. Obviously, that's, that's natural. Uh, one of the areas of labor the Bible subscribes to is to labor in prayer. To labor in prayer. So prayer is a labor. We labor in prayer. Bible declares in Jude 120, building up yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a prayer. It's a labor. Look, 18 verse 1. Men ought to pray always and not to faint, not to give up. Pray always. It's a labor. It's a labor. So one area to, to engage yourself in pursuing intimacy is say, Lord, help me to build up a strong personal prayer altar. It's a price to pay. It's a price tag. Moses, two times. Mountain, 40 days in prayer. Jesus, 40 days documented in prayer. The disciples said, teach us how to pray. They knew there was something about his own prayer from John the Baptist. Prayer. Say prayer price. Now, some of you already said, I'm ah, a man of God. This price said, no, no, it's a simple price. Just ask the Lord, he will help us. Praise God, somebody. And that's why God has helped you with various options and, and possibly 5 a.m. GPPA, 12, but you don't take advantage of them. At 5 a.m., you're twisting like a hinge in the door. 12, pound a 12 noon, you're balancing the office. They are watching to join. 12, 3, 6, 9, 12. None of them. I beg you no matter. Sunday is okay. Sunday. That's why power is leaking. Number three, the word price. I said that earlier. The word of God is the wood you put on the fire. <laughs> Leviticus 6, 12 and 13. And the fire shall not go out from the altar night and day. Said Bible says, and the priest put wood on the altar. Proverbs says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. So where there is no word, there is no fire on the altar. It's the word that makes prayer delight and excitement. Taking the word back to God is a sweet way to pray. But we must apply ourselves to reading, to study, to meditate. The word prize. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed to machine, rightly divided the word. That word study is pudazo. Speaks of a measure of discipline, hand work, study to show yourself approved. Spudazo. The work of a disciple. Praise God, somebody. Number three or number four prize is the fasting prize. Add fasting every now and then to your prayer. Matthew 6, Jesus taught three whens. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, not if. That means sometime or the other, there must be a when. You give, you pray, 
you fast. Man of God, is fasting not an Old Testament system? Old Testament what? Acts 13, 1 to 2. And uh, preachers and Jesus were together in a place and uh, they fasted and prayed. And the Holy Ghost said, Set me apart, Paul and Barnabas. Where? New Testament, Acts 13. Anna was a woman given to fasting and prayer, waiting for the consolation of Israel. So fasting is both New and Old Testament. But some people, do, 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 the food, this is food, that's why power, this is power. As food is going, power is leaking. Yeah. Your mouth. You know, many people are spiritual liabilities. You're being carried by other people. It's crisis about to happen. <laughs> Husbands, don't let your wife be your priest, though. You know, the husband who, my wife, my wife, my, my wife is my, is my altar. Eh? And you say confidently, it's my, it's my wife, my wife, she's my, she's my ah! No. You're the head of the home. Let you pray. No. She's a priest. What? No. Have you seen a man walking with head on the ground and legs upside down? No. All ye men, all ye husbands, arise. Arise and be heads. <laughs> Indeed. You know where to be head. Where's my food, my darling? Then in the night, honey, honey, honey. <laughs> behead in prayer, behead in study. Rogic men are heads indeed. Eh? Praise God. Hallelujah. Prize number what? Five, and we'll close here. The price of consecration, oh. Mm. It's not popular in our day and age. Consecration sounds very dry and boring. No, it's part of power. Second mm. Corinthians 6, I believe. Bolo, Kadiata. 17, 18. Come out from amongst them and be that separate. And he will be your God. And we will be his children. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. The Lord is drawn to the consecrated. Hey. The Lord is drawn to the consecrated. The holy is not the perfect. The holy is one who has proposed to work out his salvation continually. From grace to grace, glory to glory. This price is not untoward. The price, or better still, the prize, the prize of intimacy, the prize of power, the prize of glory is worth the price. Our generation is waiting for us to arise with might, with power, and splendor. Rise on your feet, O ye Roderick. Rise on your feet. Can we thank the Lord for the invitation to intimacy? Let's thank Him. What a privilege. What an honor to be invited to draw near to Him that he will draw near to us. Are you thanking him for that invitation? Lord, we're grateful. Sincerely, sincerely, sincerely. Lord, we're grateful. We're going to worship him. As we worship, let thanksgiving rise sincerely to Abba Father. To Abba Father. Beloved, the safest place to be in this world is to be in Christ. Anything outside that is crisis. It's crisis. Crisis. And the only way to be in Christ is to invite him into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Oh, when I hear of people dying here and there, the question of my heart is, were they saved? Were they walking with the Lord? What is their eternal destination? You're here this morning. You're saying, man of God, pray with me. I really want to surrender my life. Maybe you are born again, but you know, you've lost fire. It's not how you began. You know so. You said, set my heart ablaze again today. Where you are, all I desire or ask for, just your right hand in the sky. Let the Lord see you. Let the angels see you so we can pray together. Your right hand to the sky. Let's pray. 
You said, man of God, pray with me. Pray with me. I want to turn my heart to Jesus. Right hand in the sky. Keep your hand up until an usher comes to you. But let's pray. Let's pray. Keep your right hand up. Hand up. Hand up. See that hand over there? Hand up. Ushers, get to them quickly. Put a card in their hands. At the end of service, please join the first time visitors. But church, let's pray together. Unashamedly. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to hear you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that paid the price for my salvation. Lord Jesus, forgive me all of my sins. I open my heart as I embrace you, welcome you as my Lord and my Savior. With my heart, I believe unto righteousness. With my mouth, I confess unto salvation. I am born again. I am blood washed. I am blood bought. Child of the living God. Lamb of glory, as I worship you, let my worship rise to you and be acceptable. I love Jesus because you first loved me. Thank you, Jesus. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.